Welcome to the new Paradigm Podcast. We are your hosts, Galia Brahim and Jess Garcia. We are self-transformational life coaches. In our podcast, we share insights and tools for transformation, self-healing, and spiritual self-development. Stay tuned for weekly episodes. To learn more about our mentorship programs and services, visit us at schoolsofconsciousness.com. Welcome to episode 10 of the New Paradigm Podcast. And today we want to dive deep into addiction. What is a root of addiction? How it manifests, right? The different ways that addiction manifests. And also there's different levels. And I want to start off with saying that addiction is a trauma response. And this trauma response comes from living in a home that is abusive. And most of the time, there is an addict in the family or an alcoholic, right? And then when you grow up in a household with an alcoholic, everyone suffers because as an addict, the addict makes everyone in their life suffer, especially their loved ones, their family. I'm glad that we're going to be talking about this. And I would love for you, baby, to share a little bit about your thoughts, you know, and experience with addictive behaviors. Yes, I think the first addictive behavior that we can have, and especially according to our different experiences in life, is this addiction to suffering. This, the, this is the first addiction of your life to just be addicted to feel this sorrow within yourself. Mm-hmm. And this sorrow comes from a lack of love because everything starts because first you are craving this love. Mm-hmm. So if we have to go back to truly the root of addiction is this lack of love. Lack of love for thyself. Mm -hmm. So we need to go back to our childhood and really feel into the moments where we felt unloved. This moment where we felt that we needed to be loved and we were craving, like we were needing this love. And this is already an addictive behavior. This need to be loved, this craving, we shouldn't have to crave anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And from this craving, right? Like growing up in a household, like you said, that where we're craving love, you know, and it's true because in this world, there are only two things that truly exist, fear or love, right? Because fear is the opposite of love. So when we grow up in these traumatic environments where, you know, you have the alcoholic parent, addictive parent that's violent and acts out, then we're always in fear. And we're craving safety. 
right? And most of the time when you live in a, in a household with an addict, right? There's so much uncertainty all the time because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, for instance, in my case, if I'm going to wake up the next day and my, mo my mom's going to be dead because my dad killed her while I, was in, while I was sleeping because he was drunk, right? And when you live with an alcoholic, it creates problems in the household. So normally, like, there's always a split. So then there's this abandonment. And because imagine, like, what's happening in our bodies, like... Our cells are stressed out. We're growing up in this stressful situation. So we don't even know that we're always living in an adrenaline rush. So then what happens is, of course, like throughout the years, and especially like in our early adolescence, right? In our teenage years, when we're just trying to figure ourselves out, we're going through puberty, right? Boom, everything is coming out. And they never, you know, at school, they never taught us about emotional intelligence. So then... We begin to have this craving. We, we crave this safety. We're still these children and we're craving this safety. But we don't know what that even looks like. And it gets to this point where we're craving so much that the opposite of love is fear, right? Mm -hmm. And through fear, this is where we feel all sorts of pains. So then we want to, like, it's like this uh, escape mechanism, right? We indulge in something to forget about something else, like a band-aid. Yes, and what we, you said about love, uh, you reminded me of so many things in life that we are taught and we have a toxic vision of it uh, just when it comes to love. We have, most of the time when we grow up in unsafe environments, the vision that we are going to develop is going to be toxic and and it's this is the sad part so we think for instance that we are going to find love in sex mm. so then we become addicted to sex because we are craving this feeling mm. this feeling this uh, this physical touch and this guys comes back to the relationship that we had with our mother Where does it come from, this deep desire in us to be nurtured, mm. to feel nurtured? It goes back to this. It goes back to the relationship that we had with our caregiver. Mm. So it's important to understand this because sometimes our beliefs are not self-beliefs. The difference between Both is that beliefs are something that somebody else taught you. But your self-belief, it is something that is coming from the essence of your being and is something that is, that is truly who you are. Not belief systems, but truly what, what your perception is. So it's important to see that and to see if our vision of love is ours or it is something that we have learned from our parents. And when at home it's toxic, it's unsafe, we have this tendency to then normalize it. Just as it is normal to grow up with domestic violence, like this is common thing to just grow up with Domestic violence is so normalized by society. 
And even sometimes we even hear some women saying that, oh, he's a good man because he doesn't beat me. <laughs> How can we come up with this thinking? That means that there are some things that we have learned, either it's from society or our upbringing, but we need to unlearn these life patterns. And it always goes back to this life patterns what you said is really important because we are going to have this tendency to reproduce what we saw at home and even if it's unconscious even if it's unconscious we are going to do it because I'm sure that now because you have done deep introspective work now you can actually see the different life patterns mm -hmm. that led you to alcoholism and drug addiction. You are able to understand that ultimately you were not responsible for what happened to you. It was an accumulation of events that led you to drown yourself in alcohol. Yes, definitely. Um, it's like you said, right? Like, in the past, I didn't fully connect. Like, I was aware of things, but again, you know, at that time, I was at a different level of consciousness, and I had not dove deep into my being to understand the things in the way that I, I do now. And for instance, it's taken me over three decades to begin to wrap my mind around everything, actually, like... And now, because there's so many layers to healing, there's so many layers to healing our inner child. And again, you know, the healing path, it's not a straight path. It's ups and downs, twists and turns. And many times we have to go back and keep revisiting those dark spaces, you know, to actually be able to connect all the dots. So the more that I've been connecting all the dots and then every time like, there was certain emotions that I had to work through. They didn't, it took time because it manifested in different ways. And now at this point in my life, I've realized that a lot of my life, a lot of my suffering is actually coming from this trauma response of addiction because addiction manifests in so many ways. And for instance, when I stopped abusing drugs, I began to abuse well, first it was like a, an adrenaline rush for six months. I didn't even have like a drop of alcohol and I definitely had no drugs. Just I was addicted to caffeine, cigarettes, because you learn this when you go to like, uh, you know, like Narcotics Anonymous, <laughs> NA or AA. Everyone, you go to the coffee and you go and smoke cigarettes after like the meeting because everyone is looking for love in meetings. Like, yeah, like my only, like my only like Right, like, uh, moment, like, when I thought about going to the meetings was, oh, I hope I, like, see a cute girl. Like, <laughs> I would be sitting there, and then I was like, dang it, old people. Like, every time I went, it was cute always... girls and coffee. <laughs> it was always old people. So there was never anyone young when I would go to the meetings. But basically, like, my... My purpose was I wanted to go see that I thought maybe I was going to find my soulmate at a meeting. And then I wanted to just go drink coffee and smoke cigarettes with other <laughs> addicts. So... You know what I'm saying? Like I had to go through many stages because 
back then, like, I thought, okay, if I'm not touching drugs, if I'm not, like, actually, I didn't even consider alcohol a drug back then. I just thought drugs, you know? So I was like, okay, I can drink alcohol, but I can't, I can't do, I won't do drugs. Therefore, I'm sober. But I didn't realize that my way of life was that of an addict. And I'm not going to say that it was always a bad thing because I have used my addictive traits for great things. But then again, like, the way that I was living an addiction is, like, I got super addicted to sex. I got super addicted to porn. And I got super addicted to working out, going to clubs, and getting, like, caffeine shots and having my heart pump super fast, feeling like I was on drugs. This was, like, what I was doing the first six months where supposedly I didn't touch one drug, like, as in, like, you know, street drug or no alcohol. So instead, I would go to the clubs with my homie, and we would buy red lines. I don't know if you guys remember red lines, but there were these powerful crack shots, and you just drank it, and then we would go to the club, and then we couldn't even dance in one spot because our hearts were pounding so fast, I, we had to move around. So I thought I was being sober, but that, again, that is an addictive behavior, you know? And Yeah, and what happened is that I was normalizing my way of life because I was hanging around gym rats who were always just working out seven days a week, torture, like doing stuff that is dangerous for your body at the time because I wasn't a certified personal trainer back then. So I didn't really like know the proper way. I was learning from other addicts at the gym. <laughs> and um, basically, um, you know, I was a workout junkie. I was on my bike doing dangerous stunts, doing crazy stuff like going on ripsticks down hills. Like I was always chasing this. Like I wanted to feel like my heart was going to pop out of my chest. So I didn't realize that I was still living as an addict. It's just like I hadn't healed. I understand why now there's like a 12-step program because I've actually realized now that the 12 steps are the 12 steps of spiritual healing as well. You know, like first we have to realize that, wow, my life has led me into places that I can't get myself out of anymore. I can't get myself out anymore. I surrender to a higher power. I surrender to God. And that's the first step, actually, to recovery. And I feel like so many people are addicted to things and they think it's normal. You know, like people who have like a Netflix addiction, you know what I mean? People who have like a, a video game addiction, food, there's so many types of ways that like addiction manifests and it's all coming back again to trauma response, right? Like the things that happen within like our nervous system and our bodies and baby, like for instance, you know, like when we felt this like thing where you feel like even in your cells, like it's like attacking you, like you're fighting your own self, that it's like we've been in stress response our entire life that like we are actually addicted to that chemical reaction in our body and that's what we're chasing right yes and it's all about giving new food to your body giving new food to the chemistry of your body because if you've been giving just toxins to your body your entire life well now your body is surviving on toxins So your body is going to want to generate this stress response because this is how you taught your body, your nervous system to navigate through life. Mm -hmm. So for this, we really need to realize first that we are in stress. 
because we also normalize stress and we need to distinguish when is actually healthy stress and what is toxic stress. And toxic stress is when you feel threat everywhere, for instance. You don't feel safe within yourself. You feel that something is going to happen to you. You don't feel safe in life. Even when you are alone with yourself, you don't feel safe. That's why so many people who have addictive behaviors, true relationship is to be codependent on their partner because it allows them to create a feeling of safety within. But this is not a real feeling of safety because if the next day they are breaking up, then the person is going to to lose it completely. And this feeling of safety that we thought we built doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It vanishes because it was not true safety. Mm. So I invite you to reflect on this relationship that you have with yourself and this relationship that you have with safety mm-hmm. because it's really important to build this, especially when personally, myself as well, I grew up in a super unsafe environment uh, with a mother who was mentally unstable. She had many men coming into her life and these men were violent. So I also observed these patterns manifesting in my life. A lot of violence, uh, a lot of misunderstanding that led me later in life to have suicidal thoughts because I couldn't feel that I was wanted in this environment. And this is because my mom was not creating this safe environment for me. And when a child is unsafe, what is the child going to do? The child is going to hide it. The child is going to hide it because the child is going to think that if things happen in his life or her life, it is because they deserve it. And at some point, the child is starting to feel like that if they were not there, maybe life would be easier. Mm. And this leads later on for many people, just this feeling, feeling unwanted, unloved. I mean, I can just go back in time and see myself as six years old wishing that I would have never existed. It's something super sad for a child to even have this experience, to wish to have never existed. Everything would be so much more easier without me. And this, as a teenager, it becomes more intense. And then you have suicidal thoughts, and then maybe you are going to try to commit suicide. So all those things we need to realize, all the things that we have experienced in our life. I mean, well, I want to talk about something that I feel that it's, it's relevant with our topic right now is that most of the time, actually, trauma 
the way trauma manifests in our life is not true only the experience of trauma, but it's what happens in your life after this trauma, so post-trauma. And what happens is that everything that comes from this trauma is traumatic because your entire life then is going to be traumatic because you're not releasing this trauma. So the addictive behaviors that you are going to have, it is because <laughs> of this trauma. Exactly. And uh, thank you for also sharing your story and being vulnerable. And I agree with what you're saying about, you know, this stress response within our body and how when we experience a traumatic event and how that event energetically is stored in our body, in our organs, right? And emotions are energy in motion. And if this energy is not in motion, it's stuck, it's stagnant, then imagine that trauma, like that emotion, for instance, right? We're talking about addiction. That parent that we experienced or parents that we experienced, if they were addicts and then we were witnessing and living in their chaos, that those emotions, that fear become stored in our organs. And because we don't know how to move it and we're living in this environment and we're growing up in this and we're being molded in this environment, then imagine what that does on a cellular level. Our cells are molding to respond like this, to desire to feel this heartbeat, this fear, this heart racing, like it's going to pop out of your chest. You need to do so many things. You need to go, go, go. You're an addict to adrenaline. Because you, as a child, experienced this trauma, and in this case, again, like this, this trauma of living, you know, with an addict, with an alcoholic, and it's like you were in so much fear that now automatically... Your nervous system, your cells, everything, like it wants to keep producing this fear because you were living in it. It became structured that way, right? Just like uh, now we see it in science. Um, they have two plants, for instance, and one plant, they say positive affirmations. It has like, you know, they put beautiful music and it grows beautifully. And then you have this other plant that they put in a very toxic environment and they say negative words to it every single day. And science has shown that the plant dies. Imagine what's going on when we actually grow up in this environment. This is why in later in life, actually in our adolescence, this is when now we begin to see these characteristics manifest, right? This is when we act out. This is when we go out, we want to go party, we, we don't want to listen to our parents. Like now we're trying to figure who we are. Imagine like if we never evolved past like our adolescent mind and we are like just little teenagers and children going into our adulthood and we don't realize we have this stored trauma and that we are reproducing the same things, you know? So it's important for us to really take the time to make time for ourselves because true love comes from loving ourselves and doing the work. Because at the end of the day, yes, you know, that little you suffered, that little you craved love. And maybe you didn't get the love that you wanted to as a child, but now you are that adult. 
And now you can reparent that little child. And it's up to us because our parents, they may deny the trauma. They may think that there is no trauma. They did a great job. And that's great if they think that. But just because they deny the trauma doesn't mean it didn't happen. It was there. And there's no denial in that. Now all we can do is work, work on ourselves, right? Read, educate ourselves, meditate, dive deep within our being and reflect on our pains and not in a way to be masochist, but in a way to open up the wound and heal it. Because the only way to heal it is we have to open it up again. But the difference is that now we know that we're going to hurt, but it's going to be good pain because we're going to be able to heal versus we pretend like nothing is wrong and we're suffering in silence. Thank you so much for these wise words and thank you so much to our listeners And please, if you like the podcast episode, please subscribe and share the podcast and follow us on social media.